and bless you. So usually when I speak, um, I, I try not to come up with any like anything too intense or too amazing. I try to limit my brilliance. So I usually just say what I'm struggling with at the moment. Like, this is the pit that I'm in. And every once in a while, like, it resonates with other people as well. Um, but today, I, I genuinely feel like the Lord's given me a couple of things to, to bring up as a message for our congregation, for all of us. So I, I never want to be the person that's like, all right, now listen to the lone prophet of the Lord here for you. I don't want to, I don't want to, give myself a big head or give myself um, this huge ego, but I do want to say I, I think this this stuff's important. Ironically, it's exactly what uh, Brandon just shared, So, and I don't have any cool lights. So you will have to forgive my ingenuity um, and just go with me on it. Um, I recently started taking this uh, jujitsu class, and I want to bring up something that I, that I learned from it. A, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. So um, I get in there, and usually when I spar with somebody, if they're not a crazy person, which there's a couple of them in there, um, if they actually know what they're talking about, I'll say, hey, what can I be doing better? Like, what did I mess up? What would make life for you more difficult when you're fighting me? And usually people will say, and I'm, I'm brand new, and I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. And so usually people will say, like, well, man, you know, for doing this for a month, like, you're doing all right. Hey, I noticed when you put your arm here, Try putting it here. Here, let's, let's practice. Oh, okay, if I, if I just put my arm here as opposed to here, it's a whole lot easier. Now, at no point in time do I, like, debase myself on the mat and repent in front of the class for getting it wrong because I don't know what I'm doing. And so it's not like, oh, I will try to implement these changes into my life. I repent. I'm so sorry, class, that I've failed you. I just like, oh, oh, just move my arm this way. Now, if I don't move my arm the right way, I am free to live with the penalty of that decision. Namely, I get my arm pulled in a direction that I don't want it to. And it's a good reminder of like, oh, that's why I put my arm here, because I don't want it ripped off. But a lot of times when we come into the church, we think that God is trying to get us like, well, you need to change your behavior. And before you change your behavior, I need to see snot. There needs to be a high mucus level content. You need to be sorry. You know how bad you are? Feel sorry for how bad you are. Repent, you little heathen. We think that like God wants us to do that. But instead, it's, it's the same behavioral modification with me on the mat. It's like, oh, move my arm from here to here. Well, that's a whole lot better. Or I'm okay to live with the consequences of not moving my arm from there to there. God's not hitting me with a fly swatter. He's not kicking at me. It's just like, yeah, life's more complicated doing it that way, isn't it? Like, God, will you give me an answer? I did. You feel free to implement that whenever you want to. But the reason why that behavioral modification thing is so hard is because of my, um, one of my main points today. So, Anytime that we're trying to change our behavior, we're always going to get off on the wrong foot. Because the outflow of that behavior is exactly what Brandon said. It's an outflow of a lie that we have believed about ourselves or somebody else. I've gotten warped in my worldview, and so that behavior naturally will flow out of my belief. Now, it is almost impossible, even on a good day, for us to change our behavior. Has anyone ever tried to like, quit smoking or quit drinking or quit eating every piece of apple pie that you walk 
across. It is so hard to change our behavior, but when we believe truth, all of a sudden, if we change just the way that we think about something, that behavior will naturally change as a result. So this behavioral change flows from a change in our belief, a change in our identity. If we have a, a perception shift of who we are, all of a sudden our behavior uh, starts lining up. I want to read a verse out of uh, 2 Corinthians. Now, I, I never want to lie to anybody because people get up here and we all say, I'm going to get you out on time, and I get that. But it is my intention to be brief today. So if you want to go to the pool, today might be your day. Um, so 1 Corinthians 3, uh, verse 16, starting in verse 16. This is verse 18, but I'm going to start in 16. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's liberty. If you ever feel that you've got a chain on you, or like you can't get up out of your rut, or you keep falling back into the same dumb stuff that you get, keep falling into... Now, the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. And when we turn to the Lord, that veil is taken off of our eyes and the chains fall off of us. Verse 18, but we all, he's talking to the church, but we all with an unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Now, when you got up this morning, you looked at yourself in the mirror, might have been a little scary. But who did you see when you looked in the mirror? saw you, right? When I stand in front of the mirror, if I see Brandon, I'm going to have an aneurysm. <laughs> um, amazing though he is, that's not who I expect to see in the mirror. When I look into a mirror, I see myself. When you look into the mirror, you see you. I know, dazzling feats of logic. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. So the first thing that I want to say that I, I think that the Lord is, has put it on our hearts is when you look in the mirror, the Bible and your friends are telling you that you are looking just like Jesus, that you are reflecting the glory of the Lord. But we refuse to believe that. And instead, we minimize our strengths. We minimize those great things about us. Like, well, that can't be true. So we shove that down. And we see a little spot on the mirror that's not quite clear. And we magnify that blemish. So at the end of the day, we're left with this warped, manipulated, like, funhouse mirror. And I know that none of us ever like standing in front of mirrors, especially if we don't have a shirt on. Because we see things about ourselves that we would prefer to not be true. But for some reason in the church, and I'm, I'm sure that this is applicable to other places, but I'm specifically talking about our congregation. It is almost impossible for you to believe the amazing things about yourself. I've heard it in conversations over and over and over again. We refuse to believe the great things about us. And then we will go find some blemish on our mirror and we will over-exaggerate it. We refuse to believe that we look like Jesus when we stand in front of a mirror. Well, how in the world do we, do we get out of that? You know, I'm not going to sit up here and it's like, well, you need to change your behavior. Well, that, that gets us back to, to the beginning. 
you need to change your belief about who you are at the core. You need to get a revelation of who Jesus is, and you need to get a revelation of who you are, because the Bible says that they're identical. And do you feel how almost impossible, or it's impossible to actually believe that? That when you look in front of the mirror, you should be startled to see Jesus. Because I'm telling you, when angels are, are flying over the world and they catch a glimpse of you, for a second they have to double take because the glory that's radiating off of you is the exact same glory that's radiating off of Jesus. So our natural response to seeing people in need, people hurting, is to respond with love. It's our natural response. However, we have manipulated and warped our, our self-identity, our self-esteem, so much that a lot of the times we will not respond in love. A lot of the times, because I don't like my mental image of who I am, I will defend parts of my personality. I will create calluses where none exist to defend a tender part of my heart. All right? I get thick-skinned, so I don't want you in on my heart because I'm scared of what you're going to see if you actually see the real me. Or I put a blanket in front of the mirror and I just don't look at it. And then I create a personality or an identity way over here that its only design is to distract you from what's here. So have you ever come into or bumped into somebody and it's just like, wow, there's a lot happening with you. <laughs> a lot of that is like, everybody look over here, just like a stage magician. Look over here so you don't actually see who I am. Look over here. Let me tell you how amazing I am. Let me tell you how messed up this other person is. Hey, have you ever seen the government? Hey, look over here at this idiot that's over here. We distract other people because we're afraid of being known. Or we put on such a thick skin, you're not going to get into here. Because we have no idea who we actually look like. If we caught a glimpse, if we caught a revelation of who we actually are, we would never have to manipulate our personality to distract. We would never have to put on thick skin to shield us from other people. Okay, well, how do we figure out our reflection? The mirror that he's talking about is the body of Christ, not, not the building, not the property, not the office staff. Is the brothers and sisters that you're sitting next to. Now, the problem that we experience is I will open up to you over my dead body. I will open up parts of my house to you. You can come into the foyer or you can come on the front porch I will be honest enough with the people in this room to where I don't actually have to be vulnerable. But I'm telling you, that is creating warped identities about ourselves. Because I don't ever show you who I really am. The Holy Spirit has an inability to communicate truth to me. If I don't stand in front of the mirror, how in the world am I actually going to get a revelation of my, of my image? All right, so what I have to do is not open up to this entire room. That's, no one expects you to be that vulnerable. That's, that's too much. But there are some people in this room that God has placed in your life that you can be honest with. Might be a couple. 
might be a couple, but there's somebody in this room today that loves you enough for you to stand in front of him and just go, hey, these are the thoughts that I'm thinking about myself. I'm not going to defend it. I'm just, here's what's rattling around in my head. And I'm telling you, it, it takes so much courage to open up, but I've got, a, I've got a group of friends that routinely I will have to say, hey, this is the thought that's in my head right now. I'm not necessarily saying I believe it, but I just need somebody that I can stand in front of and just say, help. And invariably, my, my circle of friends, I mean, there's some idiots that have been awful in the past, but invariably, my circle of friends that I actually trust, why do you think that about you? That's not what we see at all. There's not even a hint of truth. Justin, this is what we see of you. And I have to stand in front of that mirror and choose to believe them, even though that it doesn't feel true. All right? We minimize the amazing qualities about ourselves and we magnify the flaws and the faults when the opposite is actually true. When we have friends that we stand in front of, and again, it's not the entire room. It might just be a couple of people. It might just be someone in your life group, someone in your Sunday school group. It might just be the person that you're sitting next to. Just to say, send them a text. Hey, this is what I'm thinking about myself. Not about somebody else. Like, we're not, we're not pointing the mirror in front of somebody else. We're standing in front of the mirror ourselves. This is what's in my heart about me. Not I want to be honest with what's in my heart about somebody else. That's not vulnerability, that's gossip. <laughs> I want to stand in front of my friend's circle and just say, hey, these are the thoughts that I'm thinking about myself. These are the thoughts that I'm like feeling about my future, my destiny, my ability. Will you help reflect? And your friends, your, the body of Christ around you will reflect the glory of the Lord back to you. And you have to make a decision to choose to believe truth. That doesn't feel true, but I'm going to do it anyways. All right. So my next point, so A, church on the hill, the people in, in our congregation have a hard time believing that you are as amazing as you are. So I'm not talking about somebody down the road. Apply that you are not believing that you are as awesome as you are. Because I got to tell you, I wouldn't rather be anywhere else on earth. This, the stories that come out of this congregation every Sunday. Do you know how well you love? How your immediate response is to love. That's not always been true of us. Your immediate knee-jerk reaction is to give. Hey, there's a need. Well, we, we got it. We don't have all the money in the world. We don't have all the talent of all the world, but I'll take all this over all that any day because your immediate response is to love and to show compassion for people that have had a hard time. That is what Jesus did. So we have a hard time believing what's true of us. The second thing that the enemy tries to convince us is that I, I don't like who I am as a person, and so instead of being vulnerable in front of the body of Christ, I will just withdraw. I will check out emotionally, mentally, or physically. I will put up such a defense that you can't get in. So I might be here physically, and there's, there's people that, you know, that'll be here physically, 
but emotionally they're, they're somewhere else. It's a defense mechanism because they don't like who they are and they're scared that you're going to judge them. So you have to just hang around with somebody's body. Oh, there you are, you know. Or I'll get tense, I'll get scared, and I'll just physically check out. You know, we've, we've lost so many people to the lies of the enemy because they had no idea who they were and didn't give us the opportunity to say how much we loved them. I've had friends, loved ones that have taken their life because they wouldn't trust the truth that we were trying to give them, all right? So when you are tempted to check out physically, relationally, emotionally, remember that is nothing but the attack of the enemy trying to keep you from avoiding the mirror because you think you look ugly. And all that does is trap you in a prison that you can't ever get out of. I've trapped myself to where any source of truth gets in. I, I, got, a, I got a blanket to cover that mirror. And God puts this person in my life. Well, I cover that. Well, they're an idiot. They made me mad one day, so I'm going I'm to block that mirror. And so the Holy Spirit is trying to find a crack in that closet, and you've got a, you know, a towel shoved up underneath the door. I want to challenge all of us. Again, you do not have to open up to this entire room. But somebody in this room, God's placed in your life for you just to say, hey, I don't want to check out emotionally with you. I don't want to check out relationally with you. I don't want to check out physically with you. I want to, I want to stand in front of you. Tell me what you see. All right, Hebrews 10, 22. Let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled. So everybody that's in here that's checking out from the body of Christ or not being honest because you think that you've got a guilty conscience, there is a fix for that guilty conscience. You have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make you clean. It's not on your shoulders to clean yourself up. Christ made you clean. All right? Our bodies have been washed with pure water. So all the stuff that you've done yesterday, all the stuff that you've done an hour ago, all the stuff that you did last year, that's not a part of who you are. That is just junk that you've picked up from a weird worldview. View. And when you come to Christ, he washes that mess off of you. 23, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and to good works. Let's reflect the truth to our friends. Like, hey, baby, this is who you are. Do you know how amazing you are? Do you know how quick you are to love? Let's provoke each other to good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but instead encourage one another, especially now that we see the day of his approaching coming close. All right, so like two people that have not talked to each other have given you guys the same message. This is a place. It's not the safest place in the universe. I've gotten my heart hurt tons in this room. But I promise you it is worth the vulnerability for you to find not everybody, but for you to find somebody and open up your heart and just say, hey, 
These are the thoughts that I'm thinking about myself. These are the thoughts that I'm thinking about my destiny. This is the thoughts that I'm thinking about my ability. (sighs) There you go. And allow people to reflect the glory of the Lord back to you. Now, this is not like when someone opens up to you, now what? Well, you'll have to come back later. So we don't have enough time to talk about that. But when, when you get vulnerable enough to show yourself off and you see somebody in the mirror and you start doing the whole, hey, all right. Man, I don't, I don't judge the people in the gym that look at themselves in the mirror because like, shoot, I would too. If I looked like that, I'd look at myself in the mirror. I'd say, hey, how are you? Right. When you catch a glimpse of how beautiful you are, you won't run from people anymore. You'll get rid of all the toxic idiots out there in your life. I don't care about your opinion of me. Who cares about your opinion? Look how you know, warped your, your eyesight is. When I get around the body of Christ, and it's not arrogance because it's, it's not the light that's coming from us. It's reflected glory from Christ. So who do I have to be afraid of? Here's my heart but it's more difficult than it is, or more difficult than it seems. So I really think that the Holy Spirit is telling us two things. You have got to start trusting the people in this body telling you how amazing you are, how productive you are, how talented you are, how amazing your personality is. You have got to start trusting that. And B, when you feel insecure, when you feel ugly, stop running away from people. This is, this is me. I'm not saying that you need to get better at this. Stop running away from people because it's the only source of truth that you've got. The Holy Spirit is not going to rip the sky open and say, thus saith the Lord to Justin, baby, you're beautiful. He will hide his voice in you. And if I don't ever stand in front of you, I miss out on hearing the voice of the Lord. 